Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Well, welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. My name is Dan Carson, and today I have with me my two co-hosts, Micah Powell. Hey, guys, what's up? And Chris Vines. Hey, everybody. Well, we're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. And if you're needing someone to talk to about your ministry role and maybe some of the struggles that you're facing right now, we'd love for you to reach out. Talking with you, sharing with you, just listening are some of the things that we can do. And you can find us at info at studentministrymatters.com. That's a great way to, to get in touch with us. You can also find other contact information in our show notes. Um, you'll see those things there. Now, as we close in on January, getting closer, it's a natural slowdown in student ministry. It may only be for a moment, but it does present some time to read. And you might be getting some Amazon gift cards from the family and church members that you want to spend. So tonight, we're going to talk about some of our favorite books in the realm of ministry and of Christian life. But before we get to that, we want to get to our random question of the week let these guys talk a little bit and see what's on their brains. So let me ask this question. Favorite Christmas movie. What do you think, Micah? You got a favorite Christmas movie? Um, yeah, probably Elf. Probably. is. Pre I just love Will Ferrell. I think he's hilarious. Uh, oh, no, actually. I'm so sorry. My wife would kill me if I said that out loud just then. No, I know. My all-time favorite is How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. I'm sorry. Elf is right there with it, probably. How about you, Chris? You serious, Clark? Man, everybody loves some National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation. That's all-time favorite for me. Oh my close gosh, second. Close second is going to be the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. These are good ones, guys. I just ha I'll have to say. I mean, because I've got to watch all of those at Christmas time. So I think I'll I'll throw out It's a Wonderful Life just because it's a good one. Yeah. But my yeah. other one, and you're a hundred, and I'm a hundred. But <laughs> the Christmas Story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You'll shoot your eye out. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. I'll yeah, sit yeah. and watch that uh, as many times as I can get away with. So, well, Christmas is close. That's one of the reasons we're talking about Christmas movies. And again, we want to talk about books tonight. I know that may seem a little off topic, but really it's not. If we're going to be lifelong learners, if we're going to grow in our understanding of what God wants of us, we start with the Word. Of course, that is our favorite book. So check that off. We'll put that on top of the list for everybody. The Word should be our favorite book that we always go to and look to. But there are some things that we can be reading that are going to help us with ministry, that are going to help us in our walk and help us grow. And so we just wanted to take a few minutes tonight and share some of our favorites. So we're going to share five each. We're going to kind of go around the circle. So just to let you know, if you don't have a pencil and paper with you, I don't have a way to write these things down. Don't worry. We're going to put our list in the show notes so that you can go back. I may even put a link if I can find some of these books. So some of mine are 
older. Um, I know that some of the other ones that the guys have shared with me are old on the on the older side as well. But we'll we'll try to point you in the right direction. So. Well, let's go ahead and get started. We're just going to kind of go around the bin. Chris, let's start with you. What's the first book you've got on your list? Man, I like good biographies and uh, one of the the best one out there, and there's going to be people that listen to this that have obviously uh, read a little bit more widely than me. Uh, so I would love to, to uh, man, hear from you guys out there who, who are also avid readers. Um, but my first one is a book called Spurgeon by Arnold Dalimore. It's a biography on uh, Charles Spurgeon. And uh, man, just a really, really good, uh, really good book. Arnold Dalimore is a, a great author, um, does a great job of writing several different bio- biographies. And he does a great job on this one about Charles Spurgeon. Nice. I know Micah is, is getting the Spurgeon experience being up there at Midwestern the Spurgeon Library and seeing some of those things. But Micah, what's your your first book on your list? Man, first book. Gosh, I, you know, I just I just threw down on a list like a list of five. You bet. Oh, man, it was, it's so tough to pick one of them. Um, I think I'm just going to go with my gut here. And I'm just going to say um, the, the lectures to my students books, um, that, that was on my list. And because Chris mentioned Spurgeon, I'm just gonna go ahead and I had to read that this semester and I've actually went back and read it again and wrote down some quotes on, a, on just a journal of mine. Um, just wonderful, practical, and, um, it can be d- tough to read, but man, it was just so good. Charles talking to his students about, um, just things of ministry and uh, how, you know, people that he, uh, rub shoulders with in his early uh, time ministry and like um, how he formulates sermons and how he preaches and um, just kind of how he maintains his rigorous or just mm. big load of, of of ministry and balancing family and you know doing a he's a he's a big on big proponent of uh, adoption and so like I, I mean he just there were so many things in that that book that just really were helpful for me and, and grew me spiritually. You know, I've, I have a copy of lecture lectures to my students on my bookcase and I've yet to read it. And right now I'm looking at all the books I have to read for school right now. I'm thinking, well, I'll get to that after those papers are done. So I'm glad you mentioned it because uh, I, I want to give that one a shot. Well, the first one I have on my list and really it, any of these five would be on the top uh, the first one is by Howard Hendricks. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Oh, yeah. It's a book called Teaching to Change Lives. Yeah, that's and a good one. It is a fantastic book on just basic, the ability to, to teach and to teach in a Christian manner. I actually ran across a couple of copies of this in the, the Mardell Christian Supply bargain section. <laughs> and so I bought a couple of them and I can't find any of them except for one. So I must have given them away. Uh, to people. And so if you're looking for a, just a great book on teaching, whether you are a Sunday school teacher, a volunteer, wherever you find yourself, this is a, this is a great one to look at. He also wrote, he also wrote living by the book, right? He did. Yeah, Um, he did. A little bit bigger, a little bit bigger book, uh, more involved, but yeah, also a good one. So anyway. Yeah, I've got that. And uh, there's another book, Iron Sharpens Iron. Basically, I, I started hunting down any book that I could find. Uh, I saw him on a series of videos that was that were just about teaching, and I thought this guy is the greatest thing. And he was funny, um, and it comes across in his books too. So, well, yeah, Chris, he was what? That was logical too, wasn't he? 
I'm sorry. Yes, yes. He was at Dallas Theological. Yeah, that's cool. Well, Chris, what's your what's your second book? The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. By the way, these are not in any particular order. I, I'm like Mike. I wrote these down. Um, but yeah, The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. Uh, it it had a it had a big impact on me. And um, anyway, I definitely recommend it. When did you read it? Just out of curiosity. Oh goodness, uh, it, this one. This particular one wasn't very long ago. I think the first Tozer book I read was Knowledge of the Holy. I think this one I read maybe within the last couple of years. Micah, how about you? Second book. Uh, Holiness by R.C. Ryle. That was really good. I just finished that one like a couple days ago, and I, I, it's high in my list. So I would have given it first, but I, I just read it. So I, I was like, yeah, it can't be my first one. <laughs> so, yeah, J.C. Ryle, Holiness, uh, just living out your Christian life and the pursuit of holiness, and uh, that's just a lot of people don't know what to do with that. And I think he does a great job of just working through it and what what the cost is, what it really is to to live a life holy and and um, separate, set apart for Christ. And just was really su- super helpful. Tons of highlights in it. I I think I ha- in fact there's probably more of the book that's not highlighted for me than it was. <laughs> so like I'm gonna have to go back through and actually like change the color of my highlighter. Just so, you know, to be like, oh, that well, that statement was a very, you know, highlight. Here's the really thing. important Dang stuff. It. Yeah. <laughs> and then go back through it again and just choose a different color. Just, yeah, have the rainbow in there. Yeah, I, I find myself doing the same thing, especially now when I read them with my Kindle. I'm like, okay, I just highlighted that whole chapter. So what do I do? <laughs> so, well, my second book is is Sing by Keith and Kirsten uh, Getty. Um, they shared just a little book. I mean, it's really about maybe 120 to 150 pages at most, uh, but it talks about the responsibility of the church to sing. And if you are a worship pastor, that kind of falls under your responsibilities, man, this is a little book you need to read and then get your church to read in that process. I just, I absolutely adore this. I've always been a proponent of us expressing ourselves musically in worship services and as we come together, but I never piece together this fact that we are singing one to another in the same way that I got it when I was reading this. And so it's, it's a good one. Well, Chris, number three, what you got? Number three for me, uh, the sovereignty of God by A.W. Pink. Um, pretty weighty book, uh, potentially a, I guess, uh, in some senses could be a, a, a divisive book, but nonetheless, a very good book. Micah, you're number three. Uh, probably Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Um, Ooh, that was yeah. really, golly, uh, if I've ever half lived, it was before I read the book. And it, it's not the gospel. I'm, that's what I'm, not what I'm, I have to say, alluding to. But nothing, nothing, in, nothing in our world is worth taking place of Christ. Like, just nothing is. And that was yeah. something really impactful. In fact, it um, and my probably next book or my summer reads, I, I, I go through kind of a list of I pick a random book out of my stack of books for my summer reads. I have usually five, you know, 10 or 15, 5, 10 or 15 in a stack of, you know, somebody uh, books somebody recommended or books that I um, loved and reread them. And, and that's in there for me. Mm, Great book. That's good, man. That's good. I've never been one to go back and reread a book that much. The difference is that my next book, and that's The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozier that um, that Chris has already mentioned. It was one of those books that hit me at a very specific time and just kind of wrecked my world 
you know, my understanding of who I was before God and who he is. It was an assignment. Uh, Dr. Martin Jameson uh, was serving as my instructor for an internship at Temple Baptist Church of Little Rock. And he gave me a stack of books and said, this is what I want you to read over these next six weeks. And then we'll talk about them. I want you to, to go through them. And so I'd spend part of my time each day reading. And man, I think everybody should read that book now. So, <laughs> and it's, it's not an easy read. T- Tozer isn't exactly light reading, but it's one of those classics similar to, to mere Christianity. Uh, you know, some of these others that we've already mentioned that are just good, solid books to read. All right, Chris, number four. So number four for me is um, The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul. Um, This, again, was a very impactful book for me. Uh, I read it, oh gosh, it was probably seven or eight years ago for me. Um, Anyway, very, very good book. Uh, There's a lot of R.C. Sproul books that I've enjoyed. This is just one that, that made the list for tonight. That's good. Micah, number four. I need more time to think through this because <laughs> uh, I'm looking at my library and my laptop of things I have in here. And I know I picked five and I sent them to you, but I'm just like, yeah. now I'm looking back and I'm going, oh, no, like, I think I, think I have a problem. Um, <laughs> I think on the ministry side of things, like instead of just being like a personal read that I go back through, that's like for my Christian soul, you know, like, which I love, you know. A part of my Christian soul that I can't separate from is my pastoral ministry that God called me to. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. My Christian walk is 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 Christian walk, but built within that is the pastoral ministry. And uh, the one that I I just was so helpful, man, was uh, the Christian ministry by Charles Bridges. Mm-hmm. It was dense. It's substance. I mean, it was just so so deep, <laughs> and, and it took me forever to kind of learn the way he his thoughts flowed to be able to kind of get comfortable reading it. But man, that book just blew my mind on the biblical kind of expectations of a pastor and like how we should view the Christian ministry. And it just, instead of just the normal statements of, you know, well, that's a higher calling and you know, well, the pastor is supposed to be the pastor and just the things I heard my whole life. I went to that book and it was like, there was, you know, 380 pages of things of statements that, the pastor's life that make up the pastor's life. And he just does a phenomenal job. Uh, in fact, somebody asked Mark Dever one time, Hey, um, would you write a book on Christian ministry? He said, why it's already been written and there's no need, need to write another one. And he re- references the Christian ministry. And yeah, that's just, that is the book of books for men wanting to go into the ministry and trying to discern their call. And it's just phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Well, my next book is, much newer <laughs> than than I think anything that we've mentioned so far. It is one that that I've just recently uh, read and gone through, and it's really kind of in with the student pastor, student ministry worker in mind. I was just really impressed by "Fulfill Your Student Ministry" uh, that has been that was edited by Sam Burig. He's the dean at Spurgeon College. Jared Bumpers is one of the other. Uh, writers uh, that's in there, David Bronson, and then a host of others as they share some different things. that, And I just like the way it was laid out. It was very straightforward. Here is what we hope that you'll accomplish in your student ministry. Here's a way to do it. Some practical things. Man, I could, I could go on 
Um, but I would love to see our student ministry workers get a copy of that in their hand as they attempt to to outline good biblical student ministry. Um, so much of what we've done, in, at least in the past, and I'm not going to speak about, you know, or speak to everybody who's out here, but too much in the past has been about activity and um, g- for activity's sake. And mm-hmm. we don't want to be just attractional. We want to have a gospel impact. And that's that's one of the things that was really evident in that book. It was a good one. Well, Chris, num- number five, What I see something a little different on your list. What, yeah, what's, I want to throw this one here because, uh, you know, a lot of these books are books that have had an impact on me, but also ones that I just, I think, I think each, uh, each person needs to read. Uh, this one's Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. Nice. Uh, man, I don't know if I'm going to make friends or make enemies with a book kind of like this, but... Uh, you know, nonetheless, uh, especially if you are a a uh, a young guy, young a young married person, or a young single person, um, I think this is a book that you need to read. And uh, you may not agree with Dave on everything, but uh, he's certainly someone you need to listen to, and uh, you need to learn how to how to manage your money and think about those kind of things. And I I found that this book has influenced not just my personal life, but also how I. I manage a youth budget um, yeah. and how I think about spending and uh, not spending and all those kind of things in a ministry aspect. And so just a lot of good just life principles about money in this book that uh, that I think each person should should glean from. Man, that is so important. And especially if you're listening and you're starting out, get some of these things right at the beginning because mm. if you if you're at my age at 48 and still trying to figure them out personally or ministry wise, uh, man, it is a big headache. So get those things right uh, from the start and and do what you can. It's just going to help in the long term. Well, Micah, we're down to number five and there's a handful of books on your list that you haven't even covered yet. So, <laughs> yep, it changed. No, I was what? thinking on it. I, I, we, so, guys, if you're, you're, you're wondering what list we had, so Dan, we kind of talked through, uh, you know, the topic for tonight, and uh, Chris and I sent him generally like five books that we just really enjoyed and loved. And now, just be, thinking about it, I'm like, man, in the Christian ministry, like there is so there's 40 books, and so I'm yeah, like yeah. having to go back and go, you know, that was a great book, but this like really helped me, me, Micah, like in my like you know, growth, personal growth, uh, as a leader. And, um, most of these books I've mentioned smoked me. Like I almost didn't enjoy them. They, they were great, but they've, they've like almost like hurt my feelings. Like it was about how <laughs> like much I needed yeah. to know about how little I knew of God or how little I knew of what I was doing. And, and Chris kind of alluded to that with his book on Dave Ramsey. And, um, so I, I covered, uh, at least I think I've covered th- two of the books on here. So, um, brothers were not professional would be my last one. Um, and, and I would rather change its place with another John Piper book, but that's okay. Brothers were not, we are not professionals by John Piper was a phenomenal book, especially the expanded version of it. Not the first version, the one that he wrote, um, a while back, but the one that he expands even more, even further, um, mm. on, cause this professionalism, you know, this, um, not, not just the suit and tie, that's not rather the only aspect of this, but just that, you know, American Western civilization is just really, try to take the pulpit by storm 
in the pastor's office is this professionalism is this you know is your pastor professional i just really like my professor because he's professional like you know this is really he, he speaks to this and uh, every young man or new person in a student ministry um involved in leadership uh, that's a great book um that can like help you through joy uh, being a leader in joy and uh, fi- finding joy in leadership um and and not as um like positional authority, but as something that's like a great service and, um, and kind of how to protect your kind of put, formulate your life or put your life, putting, putting it at the right thing, uh, and on the right focus. Um, that, that was a really good book. I, I enjoy it, but it's by John Piper. Well, my last one of our, our top five, and we're going to get to some honorable mentions here in just a second. Uh, but my, of uh, my top five is a book by Tom Rainer and Eric Geiger entitled simple church. And I think one of the reasons that it meant a lot to me as I read it, it helped strip away some of the things that have just kind of grown in churches that aren't necessarily necessary. And as you you talk and as you look and as you think about what is important in church, man, there's it gets right down to the heart of things. Uh, discipleship, worship, knowing the word. I mean, and when we add all these other things in, while they may be good things and they may be fun things and and not unbiblical, uh, we want to focus in on the most important. And so that's one of the reasons that I really liked uh, Simple Church by Tom Rainer and Eric Geiger. Well, again, I mentioned we're going to have some honorable mentions. So Chris, I know you've got a couple here. And so just mention those short, all three of them or however many you want to mention at sure. once and, and tell us, tell us what you, why they're on that list. Sure. Um, yeah. So I know we've said this, but just to reiterate it again, uh, I mean, this list is not necessarily a, uh, well, it's not a comprehensive list. These are books that have been uh, very impactful in my life and there's many more. Um, I think, a, I think a good podcast for us to do in the future guys would be maybe a, a top 10 books that every, every uh, youth pastor should read um, yeah. or every person should read. And so that, that's a completely different subject, but my three honorable mentions that I, I wanted to bring up for tonight would be um, the first one is classic Christianity by Bob George. Um, this is a, a an easy read. Um, it's not one that I found that many that many people know about, but it's one that again had a a big impact on me when I think about um, just how to live the Christian life. And uh, so that's classic Christ- Christianity by Bob George. Um, the second one uh, is Sit, Walk, Stand by Watchman Nee. Again, had a, a huge impact on me. Um, not a very long book. Again, a pretty easy read. But uh, man, this this little book here uh, will, uh, in, in my opinion, really rock your world in a good way. And then the third one is is actually a pretty new one for me. I, I've had it on my list uh, to read, and I, I picked it up about a week ago, and I read it. And, um, really good. It's called Eight Hours or Less: How to Write Faithful Sermons. Faster, and it's by a guy named Ryan Hugley, I think is how you say his name. Um, and I'll be honest, I I, uh, I did not get this book for a while because of the title, um, right? Because it, you know, when when you're thinking about preaching and you're thinking about being, you know, anytime it just says eight hours or less, you know, it's, you're almost like, okay, he's trying to sell me on something, and you know, and it, it's probably not worth my time. And so, uh, but nonetheless, I I got it on sale and. 
let me just tell you, this book is it's faithful uh, to the process of preaching. And Ryan, uh, the author, is a, is a uh, church planner. And so really the idea behind it is, uh, you know, we all as pastors, preachers of the word have been in that situation where, you know, we just, man, the week can just get away from us. And sometimes we just feel like we're spinning our wheels when it comes to preparing a sermon. It feels like we spend way too much time on one particular thing, or maybe we don't have any kind of process at all. And um, and Ryan does a great job of uh, really explaining what a faithful sermon looks like and then giving very clear action steps on how to spend uh, the right amount of time, you know, on – uh, on each each step in that process as he lays it out. And so I, I think for anybody who's just starting out in ministry and is trying to get a handle on how to prepare sermons, um, you know, without having to go to seminary or anything like that, this is a great primer. It's a great book to start with. There's many other preaching books that, believe me, I, I would put on a list far above this one, but this one's just very condensed, easy to read. Um, I spent a lot of time talking about it because I, I really think it's a great book, uh, and I think it would be helpful for, for anybody out there listening who wants to, to learn how to just really hone in on how to prepare a sermon in a in an efficient uh, time span from Monday through Friday. So uh, Ryan Hughley, Eight Hours or Less, that would be my third on our mention. I like that one. I mean, I know that all of us, uh, all of us who serve in the church in a – a staff position have other responsibilities on our plate. And sometimes the pastor will, the lead will say, all right, I need you to preach and trying to fit that in with some of those other things that we do can, can be a challenge. And so I'm, I'm anxious to take a look at that myself. Well, Micah, um, you've, I know you've got some others that you'd like to mention. What you got two or three that would be honorable mentions. Sure. Um, I, I think a, a really good, practical one that people would be, um, I think really blessed to read would be the explicit gospel, uh, by Matt Chandler and, uh, Jared Wilson. Uh, that was really good. Um, really helpful, um, in, in my walk and, um, yeah, just, just really good. I, you know, I, I really mean, um, remember it being after, like helped me like affirm my faith and kind of wake up a little bit in some of my slumber and trying to love the Lord and the things that get in the way between me and him and, um, yeah, that, that was a really good book, um, kind of for my Christian soul. And then I think probably two others I think that I would probably say uh, were really helpful was one, one was Pastoral Ministry by John MacArthur. Um, and it's definitely weighty and uh, re- really helpful for the, the people out there that just love ministering to people um, and what, what the life of a shepherd is supposed to look like uh, in the pastoral ministry. It's a really good book, guys. It's just a phenomenal read, helpful. Uh, you'll find your highlighter will be wore out. You'll need to go through uh, packs of highlighters and re-highlight and go back and re-highlight again. And that, that it's just a great book um, by John MacArthur, of course. Um, and probably the last one would be uh, On Being a Pastor, Alistair Begg and Derek Prime. Uh, that was that was really good because it's actually two guys collaborating um, and about like their ministries and like what they do and their priorities differently and like kind of scripturally how they back up what they do. And, uh, and it's like really, really helpful for um, leaders trying to gain right priorities. If you find yourself at the end of each day going, man, I didn't get half of what I needed to done. It's just like Dave Ramsey's um, budgeting with money and using money uh, functionally and well, as Chris mentioned earlier, uh, these guys kind of go through um, an efficient uh, pastor's life, but not in a professionalistic way, just in a gospel way where 
um, not wasting our life, but being pointed and um, putting time and stock in the right thing in pastoral ministry um, as leaders at, in the home life and um, not being lazy dads and, uh, you know, just watch, letting our kids sit in front of anything. And, and they did go through a lot of these topics, and that was really helpful for my soul. And, and that's by um, Alistair Begg and Derek Prime. It's great. Nice. Well, I have a few on the honorable mention um, that I'll just quickly go over. Some of them you may be familiar with, others you may not. Um, Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas is a great book. It talks about different ways that people connect to God, and some connect with God through through nature the best. Um, some connect God through expressions of worship, and there are several different things that he talks about. It's a it's a great way for you to understand yourself a little bit better in that connecting with God. Now. That doesn't set aside the word or the things that we know that are the dis- the disciplines of the faith, uh, but it, it is a, a great book to read. Another book that is kind of out there for everybody is Radical by David Platt. I mean, it is something that everybody should at least, and it's a quick read, fast read, and a powerful read. I know that our missions office for a while was encouraging uh, those going on summer mission trips to read that book before they went. I think it's a powerful book for you or your students that you're working with. Another one is, and this is a little bit different, is recommended uh, by Dr. Martin Jameson as well. When I hit a crossroads in my ministry, it's called Liberating Ministry from the Success Syndrome by Kent and Barbara Hughes. Hmm. And this is a little bit older book, uh, but it talks about some of those things that we deal with in ministry and trying to evaluate, are we winning at this or are we failing and what that really should look like. Another great one is Autopsy of a Deceased Church by Tom Rainer, and that's great for anybody in the church to read. It'll open up your eyes if your church is in a plateaued or declining state. And then one of my favorites is by a guy that um, I've listened to a lot on his podcast, Revitalize and Replant, is Reclaiming Glory by Mark Clifton. And so again, it's that same sort of idea of, of church revitalization, and it's just kind of the, some of the stuff that I've been reading over the past few years, but just some great books. And that's really, you know, what we wanted to share tonight were just books that right now have been impacting our lives. We have our, our top list and then we've got some honorable mentions. You know, there are just so many books out there that we can be reading. Sometimes we just need some direction of where to start. And that can be confusing. And if you're like where we're at here in Northwest Arkansas, up until just a couple of weeks ago, we didn't have a Christian bookstore at all. Uh, for years, we had had Lifeway and we had uh, Family Christian and, and others, the smaller ones, and then they all shut down. And, and so now someone is trying to start, start one up here. and We're excited about that. Uh, but it, it's harder now. And I think it places a greater responsibility on us in ministry to be readers so that we can recommend things to our, our families, to our, to our students, uh, to church members. If you're in a lead pastor position, man, it's incredibly important say, saying, hey, I want you to read this or I encourage you to read, read that. And, and so um, finding good ministry books, good books about the Christian life uh, can be a bit of a challenge. Um, but I think these guys will agree that we want to be lifelong learners. And to be lifelong learners, we've got to be readers. Um, 
were you guys readers as as kids? Did you enjoy books, Chris? What about you? Uh, yes, to a certain degree. Um, I didn't read just a ton. I started reading a little bit in high school. I would I would read more than I guess a normal teenager, but don't let that deceive you into thinking that I was reading a lot of books. Um, and so I, and for the longest time, you know, I mean, I've been in school for a long time. I'm, I'm reading, I was reading books that were assigned to me. And so, um, I, I'm not a fast reader. And, uh, and so I, I'm not someone who can handle a lot of books in a short amount of time very easily. Uh, and so that, 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 that kind of affected me. So I didn't read just a ton in college outside of what was being assigned to me. Uh, and that, that's something I wanted to encourage, uh, some of our listeners with is, you know, we're giving you guys, um, books that have been in, impactful, uh, in, in our lives. And, and I certainly recommend these books, but there is something to be said about the freedom of, uh, not trying to read, uh, just somebody else's list of books, but to mm, but to yeah. read the books that the Lord draws you to, um, and and I've found that whenever I pick up a book that that's just interesting to me that I, I want to read that maybe I've heard it mentioned before yeah but it's just one that just sticks out to me and I'm like okay I'm I'm gonna read that and then you start then you start paying attention to who that author is quoting and who that author is referring to in the books that he or she is reading. And, and you allow that to, to inform, inform your own list. And um, again, there's a lot of freedom in that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't read from other book lists and even like the ones that we've given you today. But, uh, but you know, there is some freedom in, in you uh, reading that which is interesting to you and which is even necessary for you in this moment. And um I've also I've also been told this before, and it's very true. Not every book that you pick up is worth finishing, and so uh, there's some freedom in that as well. There's a lot of them out there that you need to finish for sure, but not every book is worth finishing. So uh, I didn't learn that until uh, until just you know really a couple of years ago to know that you know it's okay for me to close this book, put it down, and not really ever pick it up again. And uh, that might make some people cringe. Uh, to me, it allows me to to be free to read other things that I want to read. I completely understand that statement. Um, and I, I believe it. I, I know it is true. The completionist in me has trouble doing that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and I've got, a, I've got a book. I, I've read up to this point, but uh, it's hard for me to set it aside. Um, now, most of those books that I find myself in that situation aren't necessarily fiction. The story, you know, it's not like I got up to a certain point in the story and said, ah, I'm just bored. Um, but it's usually information or uh, different things. So, yeah, that's good. Micah, how about you? When did you start reading? Uh, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> August this year. I, guys, I'm just – and I think few people know this about me, but some people may uh, know this. But I didn't read at all. In high school, I didn't read when I was. I didn't like to read when I was a kid. Um, I struggled reading the Bible, big time. Knew I was supposed to, felt led to, and the more I opened a KJV Bible, the more I could not relate to uh, Christ that spoke to me. Ironically, from an era that was completely outside of my understanding, what I still still thought that betwixt would just meant that like be a twix. I didn't know that it actually meant was a word in English. Um, so like I was really jaded, kind of in a way. 
um, and just sports. Like I was really involved in sports and stuff and um, music and church life and serving and, and things like that, um, teaching. And so like, I, I don't know, I, I, I guess I was so energetic, obviously, uh, um, that I just did a lot of other things. And like, cl- I read basically what I needed to function well and pass with a B and didn't have to try really hard. Um, being here has been really helpful for me because it's, it's made me appreciate, um, reading more. And I, I, I read a lot at CBC as well, but nothing like I've read this semester. <laughs> uh, I mean, just books that are being completed are just, I didn't know that you could complete books and I'm not a completionist. Like I can, I'm a formulaic re- formulated reader. So I'm sure you guys, maybe if you resonate with this, I don't know if you do this, but when you read, um, some people are like, they have to finish the book, you know, within a time frame, or that, you know, they just have to finish one book before they begin another. I will read five generally like around five sometimes at once where I'll, at my desk at park place, I would sit down and there'd be a stack of books I hadn't you know finished. And uh, I would start reading a couple chapters and I'd kind of generally not get bored, I would say, but just kind of like formulate what I kind of thought the book was about or, and then I would stop and kind of let my mind rest and then go into a different book. And that that's kind of how I've read for 32 years guys. And so uh, but just here recently really been focused and appreciated the time to, to read. So, mm. you know, reading, is one of those things that not everybody is comfortable with. Uh, We're aware of that. We know that. But we also know that that's one of the ways that information is transmitted and information is gained and knowledge is learned is by by reading and taking in concepts and thinking about those and, and mulling them over. If you struggle with reading, I would encourage you to find something that that you can still do. And that means something like Audible or Christian audiobooks. Um, there are some ways out there. There, and I'll put a, a note or a link in the show notes in regard to this. But there is a Christian audiobooks website that gives away one free book every month, and you can listen to those in your car while you're working out or mowing the lawn. You know, there's a lot of ways. But we just want to encourage you to read to find that. That area, those places that uh, you can get passionate about as you grow, and that's what we want. And what's what your students need? They need you to be growing and understanding of who you are in your relationship with Christ and how you're serving Him. And so, I, we just want to encourage you tonight to to keep doing that, keep working hard, keep serving, and keep reading. Why do we do all of these these things? Well, because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.